Welcome to Boss Lady Energy. Boss, boss Lady, Lady energy. energy. Y'all, we got that Boss Lady Energy. Welcome back to the show. I'm Kristen. I'm Courtney. And I'm Nikki. I know you want to say, how are you doing, ladies? <laughs> I know. I it's just know. like right on the tip of her tongue. Yeah. Welcome it's back, Monday. guys. It's Monday. It's <laughs> Monday. Yes. <laughs> We're going to be talking about heartbreak today and how we've bounced back from heartbreak. Let's just put a disclaimer out there. We are not therapists. We are not life coaches, et cetera. We are not licensed in any way about this, but we've been through some shit. Yeah, we're all girlfriends (laughs) just telling you our experiences and what we've learned from them. This is like a conversation you have with your girls when you're a few bottles deep with your girls. (laughs) Like That's what I feel like we're about to dig up some shit. Oh, God. I know my husband was like, please don't drink uh, alcohol during this because you're going to get messy and you're going to say things you probably (laughs) will regret. And I was like, you know what? You're so right. A beer or kombucha. So we're back to the kombucha this week. Good, good. (laughs) I think he gave you wise advice. I'm sticking Mm -hmm. to tea this week. My green tea. What about you? You got water over there? Just just some water. This is not an episode where we (laughs) we're bringing up some skeletons. So we're going to get a little emotional. Yeah. Girl, let me tell you, because we've all experienced heartbreaks. Girl, let me tell you. All right. Um. So I am just going to, full disclosure, I may not be putting all of my business out there because I still want to be engaged to be married by the end of this episode. <laughs> so I'm going to give you as much as I can. But we all know, <laughs> I'm being honest, <laughs> we all know that there are, you know, if you've been in a relationship before, if you've been single Um, If you've gotten your heart broken, you know there are so many different stages that you go through when it ends or when you think it ends. Because let's be real, those doors stay open. Right, ladies? Mm -hmm. Also, let's clarify, too, where we're at on our relationship status. I am married and I've been with my husband for 14 years. But not married for 14 years. Right. (laughs) Dating two years together 14. Um, My backstory kind of goes into heartbreak that I've had. So you guys can hear about that. But me and my fiance, Jay, uh, we have been together since we were 16 years old on and off lots of times. Yes. (laughs) And uh, me and my fiance, Jarrell, have been together for seven years and we are engaged to be married. We also have had a break. Um, It was not a break. We also broke up. Twice, <laughs> yes. One in the beginning, and then one. Uh, I think I talked about it before. He proposed before, so a lot to share there on the ups and downs of breaking mm-hmm. up and heartbreak and bouncing back. Yeah, All right, let's get into the stages. Denial, really? When you break up, <laughs> don't you think? Isn't that the first phase? Yeah, you. Most people are in denial because, like, especially if you saw yourself being with this person for the rest of your life which most of us do because we want like, you know, that fairy tale that we've seen in the Disney movies is that you find your Prince Charming, all of that stuff that's not realistic. You think the first person that you're with or the person that, you know, it finally feels like things click, you think that's your your person. So when things don't pan out the way you want them to and either you break up with them or they break up with you and you're kind of blindsided, you're like, oh no, it's all right. They'll they'll call back the next day. This, This is all right. And then... I think on my end, you go through the tears <laughs> after you go through the denial. What about y'all? <laughs> yeah, I was never a denial girl. I was never like, I was that girl who was like in my sorrow. So another one is like sadness. I was like, how could they do this to me? Like, what the heck did I do to deserve? Like, I was just sad. Like, I was never that girl who was like, you know, because I, you know, with these men that I chose to choose, uh, I was always, unfortunately, um, a, a side chick. So they always had a main person that either they were talking to or they were together with. So I was always like, how can someone do that to someone? So I was always, I was never the confident one because I had this repetition of, you know, when me and Jay would be broken up, like two instances, two guys that, because me and Jay broke up for almost a year in 2015. So in between that time, there was two like really serious people that I was like seeking out. And unfortunately, like, I mean, fortunately, actually, yeah, (laughs) we're not together. At the time it was, it was, I was sad about it because I was always thinking, you know, I'm going to be alone forever. And those two heartbreaks for me was like, my brother was getting married that year too. And he's three years younger Mm. than me. So I was in the middle of being standing up in his wedding and he's three years younger. And I'm jealous of him because he 
found a person and you know, it's just like, it, it's all the feels. So I was always, I was never a denial girl and I'm jealous court that you were, that you were like, don't worry, I got this. You girl, you don't need tomorrow. to be jealous of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not You're that not. I'm jealous. I guess I'm just like, shit. Like I wish I, you know, looking back, you know, we did that episode on the twenties and I just wish yeah. I would have had those, you know, the, the things that I have now then, like it would just make life so much yeah. easier. <laughs> No, and let me tell you from my end, being the serial monogamous dater, I, you know, not that I wish that things would have gone completely different, but once you've gone through heartbreak, you don't want to be that girl that's just like pining over this person, hoping that they come back. And you know they have side chicks and you know they have somebody else and you're still stuck. So in retrospect, if I, you know, I would have loved to have like my hot girl season. I'm fully putting that out there <laughs> in a totally different world if I didn't have, you know the mentality that I have now like I really don't mean that but it seems like a much easier life than to be sitting up in your room crying over somebody that don't want you and is living their life you know yeah. <laughs> right I was you guys I was totally different I was like the relapse I'll be let's be friends with benefits <laughs> like plus oh and anger. it's so bizarre that you were it's that so girl funny Really? Like, I yeah. was like, revenge, bitch. Here it See? comes. Like, that's just ego, you know? Kristen, I was I like, can't. oh, you want to do this to me? Yeah. All right, I'm going to go try to make out with all your friends. And see, that all sounds fun. It sounds like it should be on a TV show, Not all fun. of that stuff. But on my end, it was completely different. And I'm just going to speak on one relationship because, you know, we all have had different levels of relationship, but we all have at least that one or two people that really made an impact. And so mine mm -hmm. was in college, uh, my high school sweetheart at the time, we um, ended up going to different colleges. Long story short, I was very naive. I thought that we were going to end up together forever. And when it was not the case and full disclosure, he was an athlete, so he was in those streets and I had to <laughs> deal with that. I looked like the goody two shoe girls, that, the goody two shoe girl at my school that every guy wanted and I couldn't see it because I was so stuck on getting back with the person I was supposed to have my forever with. So I was a stupid girl, first day of freshman, um, what is it like they have like the freshman intake and all of that stuff or like, like when you ori first not orientation. orientation it's kind of like yeah. orientation but it's like freshman welcome events I had on I love my boyfriend I was rocking a ring oh, no. I was like literally the girl that looks so stupid in retrospect no. but because I thought you think about the, the girls you think about the girls that like he was in the streets with or whatever and it's like you're walking around with an I heart my boyfriend t-shirt on and they're over there like mm-hmm <laughs> I hate that shit. That is so crazy. Oh my God. That yeah. makes me mad for you. I mean, but I also knew what I was getting into. Um, well, not even that I knew what I was getting into. Once it, once things progressed and like we weren't together, but you're in that in-between phase, like there were girls reaching out to me because he was a star athlete in the, at mm -hmm. the, in the college he was uh, playing at. And so if I were on campus there visiting, the girls knew who I was. It's just like, you know, when you're dating a certain person, yeah. it, even if it's in college, they know who you are before you know who they are and so that was for mm -hmm. me I wish I didn't have that perception for other people I wish that no one knew who I was I was living my life instead of being the girl that's just being paraded around as the trophy the girls the, the girl that seems to have it together but it's really getting played so yeah, yeah. that's interesting because my husband now um back in the day so we were on and off too um very similar to Nikki's story with her Jay uh and he's been in bands his whole life so like groupies galore, you know, and I would show up and they knew who I was, but I didn't know who any of them were, No, you know, yeah. and that was some crazy feeling. And that I guess I did have a little bit of that denial, but I've been, you know, Michael and I have both been unfaithful and that is a very big admission. He's not going to be happy with me telling that, I'm sure. But I did talk to him prior and he was like, say whatever you want to say. Um, but that was in high school and the first couple years of college, not years of this but like yeah. there was a couple months there where he was unfaithful and that was before we turned 21 like we've been together forever mm -hmm. okay <laughs> so you know you gotta dip your toes in different ponds and see what you want and what you don't want so I did that to him prior to him doing that to me and I think it was a retaliation thing and in, in, at the end of the day even if you've been in in my scenario Kristen scenario Nikki scenario we all have done things it doesn't matter if it's not as extreme or whatever it doesn't matter what level you're on we all have retaliated in some way and even though I was a girl waiting in my head on the outside I wasn't crying every day I'll be honest there were a yeah. lot of guys interested in me I just wasn't giving them the time of day because in my heart of hearts I really wanted to be with one person 
But I think that's what birthed my second relationship. Well, not second, but my relationship after that in college was my college boyfriend. And um, (laughs) most people forget I dated this person and I do, too. But he was for sure. um, He was for sure a rebound relationship when I look back. And it's Mm -hmm. not that I was going into it thinking I'm getting back at my ex, but it's like you see them moving on. They've got their side chick. It doesn't matter. In your mind, they're with somebody else and you're not. And if all these other people are trying to get at me, then why not let someone get at you? And so that's how I got into my college relationship was the most consistent guy that I was like, okay, fine. Here we go. Whatever. I'll just take it. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and I wish I hadn't done that. Um, I wish I would have just like dated around for real instead of getting into another long relationship. Um, But yeah, it was definitely in my, now that I look back, it was a retaliation because it did make my ex feel some kind of way. Yeah. And that, and that's like, yeah, that's retaliation, revenge, whatever it is in that same vein. And that's kind of how I was when, when the infidelity, you know, the infidelity, so (laughs) silly, we were so young, um, came out, I was like, okay, I'm going to start picking off your friends. So that was when the makeout started to happen. You know what I'm saying? So like, I would be, I'd get back. I'm like, I'm going to get back at you. But like the first, the first few months, it's like, okay, maybe we can be friends with benefits. Let's like hook up every once in a while, right? You and, right. and, and this Michael is what you said feelings. to Michael or his friends. Yes, I'm no him. Sorry, thank you. His, clarifying. Him. Sorry, <laughs> clarifying. Yes, the first few months we broke up, I was like, oh, maybe we could hook up here and there, you know, just like be friends with benefits. Absolutely not. That is not the case. Whoever you know, maybe some people are different, but like somebody's gonna catch feelings. That is never the proper way to go about it in my mind because. You're just going to end up upset anyway yes. because you got this attachment to this person. Yeah, unless you're detached, atta- you, you mm-hmm. just can't do it. Yeah, unless but you were the one that who was attachment. Yeah, unless you were the one who was doing the breaking up. You know, if you were the one getting broken up yeah. with the relapse, you're always there's always going to be one person who's caught in their feelings, and then they end up getting their feelings hurt, or you know, even worse than they were before. You know, because now you guys are on a totally different level of friends with benefits. It's just I feel that Short-term because I was relapse. Uh huh. And then some people, yeah, and a lot of people don't bounce back and then marry the person that they have that back and forth relapse with. Like they often think in their mind that like, okay, we're doing this and like we're doing our own thing. We're all we're going to come back together. But life happens. And there's a lot of things that Mm -hmm. can happen in between that, you know, the person that you think is you know, it was once a serious relationship, they may completely have a different uh, box that they put you in now that you're friends with benefit. And now you're not worth marrying now, or they've built uh-huh. a more solid relationship with somebody else. And so then you're just screwed. So I never think it's wise to go in, in it thinking that like, oh, I am like intentionally just hooking up because like we've, we've laid the groundwork to say we're friends with benefits. Both of you are going to be screwed at some point. Just going to say going off of that, like it's funny that you say, you know, like I'm just going to hook up with him because like, you know, we've already, you know, had sex and I know that he can't, you know, I was that girl who was like, I know he can't help this you know, he can't help this. Mm-hmm. I'm hot. Yeah, you know, he wants yeah. this, you know, I know, you know, because that's what we kept doing. You know, me and Jarrell, every time we would break up high school, college, everything, it was always every time I would come home because I went to college three hours away when I would come home, we'd be hooking up when I would, you know, I, I would, we would be texting. I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to come home and hook up. Like those are the things that we, you know, were doing. And, and luckily for me that, like you said, Courtney, I ended up marrying him, but like, or I'm going to marry him. But like, that doesn't always work out the, the same way for some people. No. And, and it didn't work out for me. Be, like, even if, even with the guy that I thought I was going to marry, we dated other people. And like, it was just always this thing that we knew we could still talk to each other, like in our in-between phases. Like, let's say I didn't have anybody or he didn't have, or here's the thing, he would have somebody and he would still call me those drunk calls. But the point yeah. is like, that's not healthy for either person. If like, you need to fully... You know, I know there's like that saying, like, you got to, you know, get under somebody to to get over someone else. But I just don't think that that's healthy because then you're confusing it for both of you guys. And it's such a game like dating. If you're not dating with intention, it's just this mind fuck. I hate to say that, but it's really just a mind fuck. You're just playing games with each other to see who is going to catch feelings more like a relationship should not be based on like who, you know, is going to be more vulnerable with the other. Like when I look back on my earlier dating years I'm like 
this was so stupid. <laughs> Why were we playing like we either, you know, didn't want to be with each other or we really liked each other, but I, I'm not going to show too many feelings because that right. makes me, you know, too invested. Like, that's the whole point, you idiot. Like, <laughs> I sound I sound so stupid saying this, but it's like the, the your parents always told you, why are you playing cat and mouse? You know, like why, yeah. you know, chasing him and he's not chasing, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so true. Like the games I would play in high school when me and Droll would play the games back and forth with each other, I was like, what the hell were we thinking? Like, why did we and then put each you, other through regret. all that shit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Do, do you guys feel regret? Like, looking back, do you feel like you wasted so much time? Or do you feel like you learned from it? Ooh. I feel like I learned from it. I mean, clearly I had some some drama that went down, <laughs> you know? And if we hadn't gone through all of that and, like, were able to... I mean, I, I have a different story because... Yes, I did end up marrying the man that we went through all this tumultuous crap in our younger years. But like we had to get all of it out on the table before we could move forward. And that was being honest with each other totally mm -hmm. and like admitting to lying and because lying will never get you anywhere and owning up and communicating. And I think the hardest thing is being able to own up for to your role in that situation too like mm -hmm. they can own up to theirs but like if you're not being honest with yourself too and and yeah maybe you were the villain like I was the villain I was yeah. emotionally cheating on Michael in high school with my ex-boyfriend that I like you know was my first love mm -hmm. so it's like owning up to it finally in the middle of college when all this shit just really blew up with the two of us and and kind of hashing it all out and being like, this is all the issues. These are the things I did. This is how you hurt me. This is how you hurt me. You know, really going through that and being able to move forward. Like that's the most mature thing I think we've ever done. And that's why we were able to move on and mm -hmm. get past that and, and just love and wow. be together. But let I, me ask you this though, Nikki, cause this sounds like Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you and um, Nikki and Chris, and it sounds like I'll have a very similar situation since you ended up with the person that you were with. Now, let me throw a curveball because there are some people that are listening that may relate to this happening. What if all of that's happened, all these back and forths with the person, you're on and off, and then they have a baby with someone else? Or, you know, Ooh. something like Ooh. that. Can, do you think you would still be marrying the person that you're with? Because that's Probably a reality not. for a lot of people. Probably not. Yeah. I'm going to be. A lot of people do get end up getting married, but I don't know that. I think that that was one of my biggest fears or like getting an STD. You know, I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> what's going on over there? Because like not much is going on over here. You know what I mean? Um, but a baby would have taken it to a whole new level. I mean, that was some mature shit that I, I definitely wasn't ready for back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for me you know, uh, it, it's a probably not for me. You know, that's something that, you know, it, it takes a different type of person to be able to be, a, you know, a stepmom or, you know, the dreams and mm -hmm. hopes that you may have had with that person, they now had it with someone else first. And those firsts hurt sometimes, you know, having a baby mm -hmm, that's yeah. his first baby, you know, those kinds of things. I think like, I don't want to speak on it because, you know, I'm who the hell knows what situation I could have been in, you know, but, and I'm not in right. that situation, thankfully, but like, I, I don't know what I would have done to be honest. Probably not. I probably wouldn't have come back around. Probably would have just been, yeah. you need to deal with your stuff and, and I feel like out. that would have been selfish of, of me or whoever to, to be like, okay, well let's just be together because like the mom who's having the baby, like maybe if they're cool with it and they're like, I don't really want to be with you, but I definitely don't want to have an abortion. I want to have this child, whatever that is, like go live your life, but like make sure to take care of us a little bit. There's situations I'm sure that are like that, but I, I feel like I would be selfish being like, okay, well let's like still be together while this woman is eight months pregnant. Like that's, yeah. That just doesn't seem right to me. I brought like, that let up. Let you figure it out. Yeah, I brought that up because one of my favorite shows used to be The Game. Ooh, Melanie and Derwin. Oh, when yes. that happened at the end, I was like, oh, my God. It's just, ooh, this just is too much. That that still gets me to this day when that baby came on their wedding day. Spoil it's not a spoiler. You should have watched it It's not it a spoiler. Now, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> but the time yeah. has passed for spoilers. It just, it just brings me to that because on the show, they went through so many ups and downs like you guys are talking about, and then they came back together and then that yeah. threw a wrench into their plans and so I just feel like so many people or a lot of people actually have experienced that because writers don't just bring that out of thin air that's from experience well, what about you Courtney um, would you have 
Would you have? No, you know? I feel no. And as much as that was my first love, I am really thankful that we didn't end up together because I feel like different people bring out the best and the worst in you. And I feel like the person mm-hmm. that I I became outside of my ex is so much better and is so much better for my husband. Um, I feel like I, as much as I'm still a giver now, I think I was too much of a giver. I didn't put myself first in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just don't think that it was, would have been healthy to be married to someone that was not okay with me ever putting myself first. So yeah, I'm really thankful that that didn't work out and we all have to go through those heartbreaks. It was very real at the time. It's definitely a lesson, but it led me to my husband. So I'm thankful that it happened. I know we kind of went all over the place with um with our different stages, but if you're listening and you're trying to bounce back from heartbreak, here's the stages we discussed. We talked about denial. Feel like that's the first one. Bargaining. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we touched on this. Did you guys ever go back and forth with one another or like beg a significant other to be back with you? Like, how did you cope after the denial phase? Oh, Lord, I was never a beggar. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Mm-mm. I'd rather like, like, what is that called? Sit with your own sorrows, you know, by yourself and be yeah. upset. Yeah. And never, I would never show them my weakness. And that's being yeah. a, like, oh my God, please take me back. I'll do anything. I was never that girl. Yeah, no, definitely not a bargainer. But I feel like the, me trying to be like, hey, let's be friends with benefits was like, uh, let's keep in touch, but like literally touch. Uh, but, you know, trying <laughs> so to keep stupid. the relationship going. Yeah. And that just wasn't it was like beat the dead horse. To Let feel it like go. you still had the power. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like, oh, I can be a cool girl. Let's do this. And it's like, no, don't be the cool girl. Go sit <laughs> with your feelings. Figure your shit out. Go hook up with some other people. Yeah. Oh my God. Really missed the, you know, like I had, I didn't have a hoe phase. I am really like I had like a minor hoe phase. Go through your hoe phase. Enjoy enjoy your life is what she's saying. Don't sit and cry on your bedside and wait for him to come back. Okay. We clearly talked about relapsing and I know a lot of y'all are probably in multiple relapses at this point. Just stop it. (laughs) And then (laughs) after that is the anger that, you know, it's probably not going to be what it was before. And so then that's when Kristen's side of talking about revenge comes out. And then the sadness seeks in and then the acceptance. And so I think there's so many different stages that you go through to overcome heartbreak. But I think acceptance is so hard for most people to get to, which is why most people are in this vicious cycle of feeling like the only way to end it is to find somebody else. So here's here's some here's something that I read today or um, actually I was watching a video today. This guy, Aaron Dowdy. He has a video about attachments and mm-hmm. it was it just aligned perfectly with what we're talking about. And it was, he was saying attachments don't serve you. Attachments equals suffering. Um, and that sometimes it brings pleasure, but that does not bring happiness. Like you can go through your honeymoon phase with someone if you're in lust or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's really good. And there's that pleasure, but there's not happiness because it's conditionary and it's like based on, you know, what the hookups are. If they're with you, that's how your happiness is, is, um, comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, if you let go of them and make that choice to actually let go, then that's when you leave space for, you know, the abundance that life actually has for you and that right. love and all that stuff will start flowing if you just let go. Yeah. So for anybody who's out there that's single or doesn't want to be single because they got broke up with or whatever and is trying to hold on, there's that saying like, if you hold on to sand too tight, it just slips through your fingers. Yeah. Same yeah. thing with relationships, yeah. Once right? you accept it and finally let go, I feel like it's really... It doesn't feel good, but I feel like the more you truly let go and you sit in your singleness, you do start to heal. And when you go through those relapses, you make it harder because it's kind of like it's kind of like a scab. If you keep picking at it, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. It may heal, but it's getting uglier and uglier. And so I, you know, I just really I can't speak for everybody that is single right now because I can't say that I had long periods of singleness where, you know, I didn't rebound or getting to get into a relationship after, but the ones, my friends that have been single, while it's painful, I feel like they really figured out who they were and they really, mm-hmm. really figured out what they liked and what they weren't willing to accept in that season of time. So I feel like it's really beneficial, but again, I'm not about to tell you just be out here single because I, <laughs> <do it. laughs> I know we're There's talking about some, 
No, go ahead. Sorry, Nick. No, go ahead. No, go, go. <laughs> no, go. I have nothing to say. Go. Oh, <laughs> you did. <laughs> um, no, I was just going to say, you know, we're talking about our own personal heartbreaks, but there's always, you know, my friend just recently went through a really terrible breakup and you kind of feel like being a friend, you're going through it with them because you obviously like mm-hmm. want to be there for them and you want to hear them out and you want to, you know, be their rock during that time. Um, and, you know, these stages that we were just talking about, I saw her go through through all of them the past few months. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because, you know, when you're putting them down and you're like, oh, you know, you want to be there for them. You want to let them talk to you. You want to you want to do everything you can. But like, it's so hard. We have like on our little like outline here, things not to say to someone who got dumped. And I'm looking at these and mm-hmm. I've said a few of these to her. And now I'm like rethinking <laughs> like, oh, shoot. Like I told her like right after right off the bat, I'm like, don't worry, like you deserve better. And like, that's not, you know, something she probably wanted to yeah. hear. <laughs> But that's also why I said I even though I'm I think it would be better, I'm not going to speak from inexperience because I didn't have a long year long period of being single or longer. I'm not going to tell somebody else like, oh, yeah, single's the right way because I can't I only speak from experience. So the reason Man. that, you know, when we're talking about things not to say to someone, you know, I have several friends and, you know, family members who have gone through breakups and I really try to give a grace period because I remember being in that position of heartbreak and being in that moment where like, sometimes you just want to vent and you don't necessarily Mm -hmm. need a person to tell you, like you said, Nikki, you deserve better or it wasn't meant to be like the timing wasn't right. Oh my God, the timing wasn't right. Used to piss me off because when you think- Don't say anything. (laughs) When you think (laughs) you're supposed to be with somebody, you're like, like, uh, no, this is the time. This is now. It is right. This is my person. So I I'd really try not to do that unless it's very clear signs. Let's say, so, you know, someone is in an abusive relationship. That's a different scenario. Now, if this mm-hmm. is someone, you know, you've seen time and time again that they have gone through these same cycles with someone, you don't just let, keep letting your friend go through it. But there are mo- are certain things that in the very beginning of a heartbreak or a breakup that you just give people a little grace period. We're not talking about the conversation mm-hmm. a year from now or we're, you know, seven years down the line, you're still with the same messed up guy or girl. Like that's a different conversation. Yeah. These are just things not to say when someone is literally crying in the midst of like months out. You know? I know. Or I or know how like, you feel. <laughs> yeah. It, it, oh my God. Never say I know how you feel. That is crazy. <laughs> just let everybody feel like their experience is different. Okay. Even if it may not be. It's and you're like, not. really, I did the exact same thing like three months ago, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Have the respect for your friend to let them have all those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is I, and I'm the biggest believer of this now because this is kind of like how me and Jarrell had gotten or me and Jay had gotten back together. There's a reason for everything. And then if we're meant to be, God will bring us back together. Like oh. that is what, yes. And I told him that like when we had broken up back in 2015, I was like, you know, just a side note. I was, I felt like <laughs> when me and Jarrell were together, on and off for all of the years growing up. Like I always wanted to, I was the one who broke up with him and we took a year break because I felt like every decision I was making was revolving around me wanting him to move to LA or, you know, whatever. And I just felt like the timing of his timeline and my timeline were just super off. And I felt like we needed time apart to figure out if we were meant to be. And I remember my last words to him on the phone. If we are truly meant Mm -hmm. to be, God will bring us back together. And, and thank God he did, but like, holy crap, like, and then he blocked your number. (laughs) Yeah. He blocked your number. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) Broke my damn heart. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you're together now. I I, I do also believe, even though we're saying all of these things, I do think timing is, is important because uh, Mm -hmm. speaking on my, you know, current fiance, soon to be husband, we had our breakup in the very beginning. I did not want to be with this man. He claims that like he was not checking for me. Don't ever believe him when he says that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, no, but it was so intense in the beginning. And for me, I had a completely different timeline for my life. I was only in Houston. I wouldn't I should have never met my husband. I was only in Houston for maybe five months. And I had been in Missouri for college and work after that for about four to five years. And then um, I was gonna move straight to LA. I just had a small pit stop to go live with my parents, was not supposed to meet anybody. Every di- every night I used to pray, Lord, please send me a job and not a man. So he was not oh. in my prayers. He was not in the plan. And so when we had our first breakup, it was very selfish on my end. 
because I'm like, I don't know this man. I don't need to bring him in my life. I've already been in this, you know, serious situation multiple times. I need a break. <laughs> I want to be by myself. And so his timing is so funny. Um, but our, a serious breakup that we had was when three years into our relationship, I just felt it wasn't working. Similar to you, Nikki, I felt like his, you know, his aspirations and the things he wanted for himself didn't align with what I wanted. And I've been there, done that. I have put other yeah. people first. I have put my man first and then I have suffered. And so this was a season where I'm competing. Things are going great in my job. Think I'm actually thriving. I've moved out, you know, out to this place for myself. I specifically told him, don't move to LA for me because I'm here for me. And so when mm. we first broke up, it's because we were not, I don't think we were equally, equally yoked. The person I'm marrying is completely different than the person I was dating in the beginning. And yeah, I'm sure y'all have been in long that. relationships that you feel the same way. But that's why mm -hmm. I said no to the first proposal. He wasn't ready. Yeah. It's so interesting that he jumped the gun like that. And, and you know, you knew, you know, I, I don't, you got to listen to women's intuition. Like, yeah. you know, what's right for you and your, and your timing. And we can plan, plan, plan that too. Mm -hmm. And the universe knows, God knows the timing is when it's going to be yeah. right. And, and it just wasn't right. <laughs> I think it's hard for me. And maybe Kristen, you can speak on this because you were together with Michael. You go through, you grow up together. So you watch each other evolve. It's yeah. like you guys went through the high school drama and all the high school relationship BS that you go through in high school. Then you move on to college, which is mm -hmm. a bigger beast and you have bigger dramas and all this stuff. You're trying to figure your life out. Then you get to your mid twenties, you're in your twenties with them and you're, you know, you're still going back and forth. And it's just like, when you're, you're trying to figure out not only keeping your relationship and like we talk about this all the time, like all of these things that need your time and energy. And then it's like uh, trying to convince him to like move to L.A. was like really taking a toll on me because like I knew that he wanted to do it. It was just a matter of when. And I was like, I don't know if I can sit here and wait for that when right now. I'm, I'm, I'm 25. Like I maybe we just need some time apart to figure out because I feel like he was making decisions based on me and I was making decisions based on him and we weren't making our own decisions for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that I mean, of course. Yeah, same. And and Michael actually moved up to L.A. before me. All our friends like went to college in Arizona and L.A. And I stayed back because I wanted to be closer to Michael and wanted to be closer to my mom, too, because my mom has been ill for a long time. Um, but for me, yeah, making decisions based on him, he had to move to be like, I'm going and following my dreams like you can stay and live with your parents as long as you want. But until he moved and like, sh you know, kind of showed me like expanding our horizons is what's going to a keep us together and build out our lives separately. Yeah. If he hadn't done that, I don't think we would still be together. Be and that brought me, I did, you know, I decided to move to LA too, but I had already, I was already working at TMZ. So I knew my dreams and aspirations were there. I was just too scared. And I think being honest with myself and doing some work internally and, and taking an opportunity to move to LA and do my own thing and us be together, but have separate lives. Cause I had kept holding on. I've been that person holding on to the sand, squeezing it while it's dwindling away yeah. and, and taking that leap of faith kept us together. Yeah. You know, I, we probably would have broken up if I had stayed in orange County and didn't ever pursue my life. Yeah. I think me and Jarrell would have broken up had we not done long distance. And I know that sounds so crazy, but because I had been in a serious relationship and done long distance and it didn't work out in college, I already had some trauma there. When I first met Jarrell, I didn't know him, so I had no ties to him or whatever it was. I was all set on my dreams. And so when we did long distance, it was the only way I felt like we built a real foundation on our, for our communication. And I was actually mm -hmm. doing things for myself. Now, in retrospect, I don't think I could have handled um, being in LA by myself, had we not, you know, I had someone to talk to the way I did with him. I was so, even though we right. were committed from a long distance, it was like, I'm in this city by myself. I don't really know anyone. I'm growing to know someone. So he right. felt like a safe space. At least I had that. So I think in some ways mm -hmm. we helped each other because he also, you know, similar to you, Kristen did not know, you know, he always knew he wanted to do more with his photography, but he had never moved to another state that was foreign to him. Mm -hmm. So moving right. to LA, while in my mind, I'm like, he's doing it for me. And I told you don't do that. He also benefited from moving out here and pursuing what he needed to do. He just needed to have yeah. a reason to go out there. And for him, yeah. it was photography, but it was love. <laughs> 
Yeah. 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 A little bit of both. He had a little yeah. motivation, a little bit more motivation. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so I think Courtney. we both benefited from it. We, I needed a little space and he needed a little push. And so I think the, in, if we're talking about timing, timing worked out perfect with, even though it didn't feel like it, it worked out perfectly for us. Um, yeah. But yeah. And there's, there's nothing wrong with staying in your hometown. Like I, I don't mean, you know, and people are very happy. We talked about this on the first episode that people are very happy and, and find their purpose in their hometown, find their love in their hometown, right. you know, and, and getting out of town isn't for everyone, but no, not at I all. think all of us expanded our relationships, our personal selves, like yeah. our careers, everything became magnet mag, magnified yeah. and and better once we took that those leaps yeah and yeah. that's our personal journey and our personal story but mm-hmm. can we get into our when i sip you sip because we got a lot to talk about there oh we haven't even gotten into we haven't even yet. gotten into when i sip shoot what yes. are we doing come <laughs> cheers. on cheers cheers, cheers. Of course, we're talking about heartbreak, but for anyone listening, you know, we got to get into our celeb tea. So mm-hmm. let's talk about these celebrities that have gotten together during this time of, you know, 2020, self-isolation, all of these things. Let's start with our girl, Olivia Wilde. I know, Kristen, you got a lot to say about her and oh your, your boy I Harry Styles. <laughs> I love this story so much. I don't love it for Jason Sudeikis. So obviously in quarantine, there's been a lot of breakups and getting togethers. You know, people are dating out here in these streets yeah. when all these places are closed in <laughs> California. But anyway, um, so Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis supposedly broke up, allegedly, I guess I should say, um, earlier in 2020. And then... Jason Sudeikis is whoever, I don't know, somebody that knows Jason said, actually, that's not the case. Allegedly, they broke up in like November. And then end of November, these photos of Harry and uh, Olivia, Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde come out of them on set looking smiley and cute, right? And then they're at, (laughs) when was this? Was this December or January when they were photographed at the Azoff wedding? Oh, Mm -hmm. no. So like Jason Sudeikis is probably like what's going on? My woman that I've been with for so long, they're engaged, they have two kids together, is off with this 26-year-old, 10 years her junior, living for it. Um, But poor Jason. They were holding hands when they arrived to this wedding. Like, looked very loved up, couple like, and this wedding was an intimate ceremony for like 16 people. She was one of the 16 people invited. Yeah, you don't just bring anybody as your plus one. Not so intimate ceremony. You don't even get a plus one. You can't go to dinner, but you can be on set. And like, if Harry Styles was on set, I mean, come on, I'd be catching feelings too. Damn. Anyway, Side note: so Kristen really loves Harry Styles. <laughs> yes. If you couldn't tell, that's her wedding. Thinking about it. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that happened during this time of quarantine, self isolation. It doesn't matter. You could still get together. And break up, unfortunately. So do we think that they're going to be, we're talking about bouncing back from heartbreak. How do we think Jason's going to bounce back? Is he going to get someone else? Is, are they, is Olivia and Jason going to get back together? What are you hoping for, Kristen? Oh, I really Jason's, want Jason's Olivia. Jason's probably looking for like, oh no, sorry. Go ahead, Nick. Oh, I was just going to say, I want Olivia and Jason to get back together. They have the history. They have the kids. They have, you know, when, when. When all this timeline was, you know, towards the end of last year, they were doing drop offs and pickups and, you know, seeing the photos of them hugging and embracing for as long as they did. Like there's still something there. I think maybe, you know, she's yeah, I don't know the backstory. I'm just, you know, sitting here saying maybe she just needed a break for a minute, you know, from being a mom and being a, you know, basically they were engaged for a really long time. They never got married. But and being in quarantine, y'all, we've been going yeah. stir crazy. So I'm sure I don't know if everybody's she- thinking straight. You could either not, not like as soon as she straight. got out. Yeah, you could not be thinking straight, or you could be like thinking them as clear as possible during this time. There's one of two things. Uh, I gotta say, most people for this next one are gonna feel like this person's not thinking straight because our girl Lori Harvey has been with so many different bachelors, but she got the ultimate bachelor, Michael B. Jordan, and most of the world is upset. (laughs) Her her roster, Courtney, can we start off with her roster really quick? Because this girl has been known to be with some 
like A-list people. And, you know, some people call her not so nice names. You know, they're calling her, you know, saying that she's thoughtin' around, you know, because she has been with so many people. we just talked about her whole phase. And I was talking about regrets of not having one, really. So do (laughs) your thing, Lori. Live your best. (laughs) She was with Diddy. She was with Diddy's son first. Then went with Diddy. Allegedly. I don't oh, think she, she don't probably know just her life out with him. <laughs> she was probably just hanging out with Diddy's she was son with future. so that she could be like, hey, I'll, let's go lay out by her pool and then be like in her bikini. And then Diddy comes out and she's like, oh, oh my God, <laughs> didn't see you there. Anyway, hey. I just, just wanted to not talk. Happen. This is just how I picture, <laughs> picture it in my head. Yes. But go girl, get yours. I mean, anyway. Jordan, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because right now they're Love clearly it. in a honeymoon phase. But I feel like Michael B. Jordan has been so specific about who he dates. We've never really seen the people that he's dated. He's never really gone public, but he has yeah. dated. He's dated, dated privately. So this may be a big move for him and he may actually be head over heels for her. So we'll see. It'll be interesting though, because they come from two completely ways of handling Hollywood. So I hope this does not end in heartbreak. um, And that this is a surprise couple that people are just going to have to heal their wounds from. It's all right. (laughs) You weren't going to get Michael B. Jordan y'all. So give it to Lori. Okay. Oh my gosh. Maybe someone was going to be able to get him. Jeez. What is crush? Thank God you're not drinking this episode. Savage revenge and telling me alcohol in it. I know. I'm like, let me tell you my stories. This was years ago. And just letting you know, ladies, you would have never gotten with Michael B. Jordan. So bye. He's with Lori now. Like you are so savage this episode. Who are you? Where is Kristen? Oh my god. The spiritual Zen Kristen. It's okay. Kristen is a Gemini. She's a Gemini. (laughs) Yeah, I go both ways. We should talk about getting over it and closure. Because that is a huge one, you know, talking about when getting closure is, is good for you. Is it toxic? Should you have just left the door open? I mean, there's so many things. Mm. Closure has been like that word that's been tossed around that people, I feel like feel the need to say in order to get over a relationship, but they don't actually know how to do it. The closure is for me in a lot of situations is just a cop out to stay in this repeated cycle and this repeated relapse. And you just want to say, Oh, but I needed closure. No, you have not accepted the fact that it's over. Here are the times when I feel like closure is not acceptable. When you know you are in a relapse phase and you feel like meeting face to face, is the way to go because you need to get something off of your chest. Let's say you've been broken up um, for three months. Three months is still not a lot of time if you've been with somebody for three years. So seeing them face to face after three months to talk about how you feel and where you're at and how you need to close the door, I feel like that just reopens it and blurs Mm -hmm. all the lines. And then you're back in this in-between phase. Like, what do you guys think is, is a healthy way to handle it? You know, it's it's hard because the blurring of the lines happens so often that it's like no matter what closure you have. So I feel like, you know, something that I I did I or, you know, I felt like I should have done was give back sentimental items that were given to me by, you know, whoever mm-hmm. was, you know, I was with at the time and those can get blurred because you know you go and you go to the meetup spot and you're giving the stuff away and then you guys get to talking about like oh the memory you had of me giving you this or or wearing this or like whatever and then those lines get blurred and you're now you're back in your feelings being like oh did we did did we jump the gun on this should we be together like oh we have all these great memories together you know so what happens I feel like you could keep yeah I mean well that's what I was gonna say like when do you feel it's necessary to give it back Kristen did you keep stuff Yeah, I have like a necklace and some notes that my ex before Michael wrote me and and I kept those as a reminder to like the things that I did wrong or like felt wronged by so that when I have kids someday and they're going through that stage in their life when they're they've got a first love and or whatever, luckily, hopefully they share that with me. I can bring those things out and be like, here's, you know mom stuff and this is kind of the stuff I went through when I got these things and this is how it made me feel and Michael's really? giving me a hard yeah you're Michael's gonna do that. me a hard time about that <laughs> well I don't know I don't know I don't I, know I mean, if I would want the old letters or anything if like my parents are married and together like I, even if you were to give me a glimpse of what that was like it's like I don't care you with my daddy like that's how I would yeah. feel because and I feel like, you know, maybe that could probably help help like a niece or someone to give a get a better perspective of who you were before you got married. But I think for your kids, like just in, from my opinion, I really don't care about your exes. I don't. 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, I feel like well, thank God you're not her child. <laughs> I know. Well, my mom, my mom has told me about her ex and I'm like, okay, that, that opens my eyes to a different part of your life. And I read her journal back when she was like dating him. So like, I kind of was like, oh, wow, you went through a lot of the feelings that I'm going through. Mm. And so that, that was, that's like my mentality on it. Michael is very much on your page uh, I, Courtney, where he's like, why are you keeping these ex, your ex's stuff? Well, I why, think what it, is this box we have? And I'm like, I've been in love before. Relax. Yes. But I also think it depends on where your parents are at in their relationship. Let's say that you, you've always seen your parents picture perfect. You may not want to see anything from their past. Or if your parents are divorced, you may want something to know that like they had someone before or they loved someone before and mm -hmm. this is how they really felt. Let's say you never saw your parents happy that would probably be a good like outlook on how they handle love but if your parents are together and your mom or dad is kind of reminiscing about somebody else in order to give a lesson to you i'd be kind of like Ugh. <laughs> you know i would noted okay <laughs> noted everybody's different it's okay yeah it's okay nikki how do you feel yeah. about it <laughs> I already said I was that girl that would give back the sentimental items or I would throw them away because I don't want a constant reminder sitting there of like, you know, the the relationship but that could that, have been. Does that then bring back memories and we're like, oh, now I'm in a what if what if thought process and then that sends you down a rabbit hole? What I do you mean? mean I could. give the items back. So they're not sitting there. I don't want them <laughs> okay. to be know, a reminder of like a, a what if. Right. I don't want it to be that. Okay. So that's why I'm like, get it out of my sight, out of sight, out of mind. Like, I don't want that's to be your reminded. Closure. That is for me. That was that was enough for me. I don't, yeah, you know, and I've there's been other things which we'll give the tips later that I've done that like honestly like you know we we have a boss bag segment coming up about you know closure that actually helps you heal and I've done a few of the things that we have on there because it really does oh. it really really yeah. really works but we can get to boss bag later but anyway yes yeah, sentimental items get them out of my face don't want them it all every scenario we're talking about depends on the relationship that you were in I feel like it's worth either tossing them out, throwing them away, or maybe hiding them from yourself. That could be one way. I feel like depending on the level of your relationship, there's no need for me to physically give you back the items because it feels very dramatic. Mm -hmm. um, but let's yeah. say you were engaged. That, that, is, that is a question of should you give the ring back? And so that is, it depends on the level of the relationship and the heartbreak that yeah. you're dealing with. There are some times when that closure is necessary. Um, but if it's just another way to constantly see that person remind you of the good times and not really yep. sit in the moments Move where on. things were not good, I don't think that it's healthy. I think that's that for me, that kind of closure becomes toxic. No. Yeah. I, I feel agree. like give it back to them if it is an engagement ring. So like they can get their money, you know, they probably spent a lot of money on that. They're probably not so getting money. There's back. that. <laughs> But if they did you dirty, girl, you keep that ring and you go sell it and make that money, honey. I don't Bye. know who you are. Like, who is this girl talking about revenge Nikki. so hard? Like, I feel bad for Michael. Do don't cross her. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm just trying to come from it's a different so perspective. Funny. No, okay? I love Some it. Some people out there feeling like this. <laughs> I just love it so much. I, I but, don't know. <laughs> but I will say. I feel like one of the most toxic ways that you can um, get closure is if you try to put a new label on it. So let's say you were really good friends and it was a good relationship and it was a long term relationship and you try to say, let's just be friends. Most of the times in statistics, that does not work out. You m cannot be friends with your exes like or I can't be friends with any of my exes. Not yeah. if I cared that deeply about them, because friends means we can pick up the phone and talk to each other in a comfortable manner. And no one that you're with currently would even flinch that for That's most people is not the case. You're not leaving room for new love in your life. You're closing yourself off in my thought, I, point of view. If you don't have kids. I feel like that is you're closing yourself off to a new relationship or you're already going into a relationship with distrust, like a new relationship, because they're going to wonder what's up here. Like, why are you keeping this door open? Is this a what if unless it's like all your friends all hang out together, they're going to be there every once in a while. That's fine. Be cordial. But to be friends with somebody, you're you're closing yourself off. Be honest with yourself. It's not going to work out unless you're someone like Kourtney Kardashian and Scott Disick, where you're able to co-parent well. That's different. They have make, kids. 
they they have kids. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think if you there's kids involved, totally different situation. Absolutely, you best become best friends. I hope you do. Not every relationship is you know blessed enough to do to have that happen. Yeah, but do your best if you do have kids. I, that would be my you know whatever. I don't. I can't talk on that. But can't be friends with them if it's just somebody that you were together with. Like it's just not. There's always going to be lingering flirtation. It'll close you off. Or even if there's not lingering flirtation, let's just say like any person that you invite to your wedding should not even feel in their heart that they should object. If you're inviting your ex to your wedding, they better be somebody that was just like a couple months. You realize you just wanted to see if you were dating and it didn't work out and you have dated multiple people after that. And you know that like, okay, that was in my backlog, but wasn't serious. If we're talking about Mm -hmm. I've talked marriage and kids with this person, they should not be at your wedding when you are, you know, about to have a new life with someone else. So I think there's just yeah. different levels, again, different scenarios that we're talking about on when it's just not healthy to keep that door open. Because let's be real. I, I have object. a, I have one that I would like to bring up. This is something we didn't talk about prior, but um, this is something I've spoken to both of you about recently. And it's having somebody who's either, you know, is a friend, but they're in love with you or vice versa. How do you go about a relationship like that where you have like your great white Buffalo is like a saying. And they, that person, you know that you're their great white Buffalo. Like they're in love with you. You kind of lead them on. It's always, there's this lingering thing, but like they're just in the friend zone to you, but to them, you're their everything. How do you handle a relationship like that? I've been in that relationship and I I've talked to my fiance about this one. Um, cause I didn't know that this person was in love with me <laughs> and yeah. it kind of broke my heart when I had to stop being friends with him. Um, because I didn't realize that I was leading him on and you know, it had been, this is a person that like knew when I was, when I had my period, all that kind of stuff. I feel like those kinds of things yeah. you only share right. with like your girlfriend and maybe your boyfriend, but naively when I was younger, like we would always hang in group settings and like. I just, I had no attraction to him like that. He never expressed mm-hmm. he had attraction to me. And so once I'm in relationships and you know things, you know, going on in my relationship, like my other guy friends who are giving me advice, and then you kind of turn, I feel betrayed, but then then I feel like I've led you on. So I think in those scenarios, yeah. as hurtful as it is, it's best to the person that, for me, if I'm in the situation where I don't care about the person, it's best to let them go because keeping them around, you're just that's breaking someone's heart essentially they're just waiting around for you and that's no fun yeah definitely feel like you don't realize that you're leading someone on when you don't have those when you're not aware of those feelings that they have for you because some people really don't say it until the last possible second and then you're like oh crap like I just let you know like you said Courtney everything that there possibly is to know about me and my situations and everything and god now I feel like a terrible person because you were just going through that, listening to me talk about, you know, Joe Schmo that I may be dating or something, and that's hurting you. And you don't intentionally want to hurt someone. I, I've, I've been in that situation where I've had people pining after me and loving me, but like didn't tell me till it was like too late to where like I was hearing it from other people and not from their mouth itself. And I was like, why wouldn't you just tell me this? They were like, because you're already with so-and-so or you're doing this and you're doing that. And so then our relationship just changed. The whole dynamic is done now and we can't yeah. come back from that. But I think that's yeah. why most people who are friend zone, they wait until the last minute because at some point, you know, if you're express, They got to throw their hair, Hail Mary. Yeah, it's like <laughs> they know so much about you. They feel like it could work in their head. Even though they know that they've been friend zone, there's always like this hope. I mean, I think of it as like, the Steve Urkel and Laura situation with Family Matters. I don't know if y'all watched <laughs> oh, that. Oh, I forgot. But yeah. he kept, he. well, the difference is he put it out there. He was feeling her. But let's say it's not a scenario like that. And it's just something, you know, all of this about a person. It's really, it, it's heartbreaking to know that you've hurt somebody like that. But it's just the best to let them go off and find someone else once they have revealed it. So if you are in a situation where you've been pining over somebody and, the feelings have not been expressed. You may be in the friend zone and it may be best to take a step back instead of continuing to push forward silently. Unless you're going to reveal it, I think it just it is really awkward and uncomfortable for all parties and somebody's going to get hurt. So, oh, yeah. That's what's hard, and as hard, somebody but. who's been pined after like that, and that's why I posed the question, I know we've all apparently been. So tell them 
because you can pine after someone for years or whatever. And if you don't, if you were to ever just actually be honest and tell the person, things could be totally different. You know, there's so many people out there that are holding on to these feelings because they're scared of the outcome or whatever it is. And then they never find the truth of what could have been or could not have been. You know, mm -hmm. it's always a what if. And you never want to wonder what if in your life. I, that is the biggest thing to me is like living with regret is something that I I feel like manifests it, here I go. Here I am, Nikki. I'm back. It <laughs> manifests in you physically. And like you can get sick. You can make yourself sick and not even realize like what the root of the issue is. And it's not being fully open and honest with your heart. And that is right there with love and, and romantic relationships. If you're never fully open and telling someone how you truly felt or whatever it may be, it's going to eat it, eat away at you. And you're always going to wonder. And that could lead to addiction. That could lead to, you know, sex, sexaholic. Who knows so what it is things. trying to just bang the, the, the love out of your mind. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's weird. But just it, just let it out. That's what I, that was what my thought was. Yeah. Tell the people. I mean, but also Kristen, it's, most people are scared of rejection. And I think that's why yeah. they hold on to those feelings. But if you ever want to find true love, you have to be vulnerable. That's in all, yeah. everything that we've talked about. The reasons that we are with the people we're with now is because we chose to finally be vulnerable. Love is a choice. And so just like you're holding back from sharing with that person because you know you've been friend zone, you're also prolong prolonging um, finding the person that's right for you. So take mm -hmm. that time, like Kristen said, and just be honest, even if it hurts. And then go through the steps, re-listen to this episode and go through the steps of heartbreak. <laughs> and then you'll find the person, like I said, my timing was weird with Jarrell. Your person's waiting out there, but you stuck on yep. somebody else. So I hope someone's listening. Amen. Okay, so we've talked about things to not say during heartbreak, etc. Let's talk about things that we should say, things that are encouraged to say to our friends that are going through heartbreak right now well I, first of all I don't know I feel like it's like a loss like when someone's grieving think of it like that yeah like I wish I had the right words just know I care <laughs> I feel so like <laughs> I mean that's a good one that's so you that is very you um I feel like for me I I don't do well when someone else is hurting so sometimes it's just best for me to shut my mouth and do nothing and just let them vent to me whenever they need to vent and I will just sit mm -hmm. there with positive affirmations to them and just be that person because sometimes people don't want you to say anything they don't want you know they just need to they get it out venting yeah space. I'm right there with you Nikki I feel like you know I you, we all have had to learn from you know not being the best person to talk to your friend after they go through something um in order to get better and I feel like when I listen I feel like that helps them more than when I'm just trying to give advice off of my scenario because like we said time and time again every relationship is different so unless you hear some red flags I feel it's best to kind of just let them vent now I will say for the friends going through heartbreak there needs to be a limit for your friend, too, because if you're constantly <laughs> saying, you know, oh, my God, he, he did this. Oh, and I've heard it 300 times. At some point, you need to know that I'm probably going to start giving some advice. So in the beginning, OK, maybe I'm going to give you like a three month you know, vent and keep repeating yourself and get it out, girl. But after a certain point, you then need to get a therapist because you're not paying your friends to help you get through these things. And as yeah. much as, you know, it's good to listen, for, for, you know, when your friend is there, it's also not fair to put your other friend through that and then just expect them to just let you keep screwing up, making the mistakes or going through the same motions and not really moving right. forward. So that's kind of how I feel about um, that. I, heartbreak is such a, a tough thing to go through and it's not an easy process, but also think about the other people that you're going to or you're leaning on to, because I have had that mistake that I look back and I'm like, oh, my God, I keep saying the same thing. And I know the answer. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to yeah. hear it at this point. So don't put your your yeah. friends in a, a corner where you, they just have to keep listening to the same messed up thing. Every time you go out, you're drinking and here you go crying over Tyrone. You know, like I just <laughs> Tyrone, at some point we need to tell you that Tyrone is not good and you need to put the bottle down or like today is about mm -hmm. the girls and we can <laughs> talk about this later. You know, there have to be boundaries. 
Yes. <laughs> that 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 brings us right into last word. I feel like that that was that was pretty damn good though, Court. That might have been your last word. Tyrone. <laughs> Tyrone. I mean, I was just thinking about Erica Badu, but go ahead. <laughs> Continue. Well, um, my last word would be to be honest with yourself in the role that you're playing. Like I had said earlier, you know, like sometimes I heard this quote somewhere and I forget who said it. You're going to be the villain to people and you've got to accept that and forgive yourself, whatever that looks like. If you need to write in your journal, you know, I love to do that. <laughs> um, so be it. But you, I think you just have to accept your role. You can't, you know, control other people's reactions, the way they react to things that you do or say is on them, not you. And try to keep that perspective that, you know, you're only in control of your own self, your own reactions. And um, that will help you keep things straight mm -hmm. in a breakup. Okay. Good. What about you, Nikki? Well, if you're going to start off, if you're going to kick off boss bag, you can go second. Oh, I'm supposed to do that. Okay. Because um, <laughs> you were so good at it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so my last word would be for anybody that is trying to bounce back from heartbreak, uh, I feel like the thing that helps me is to stop romanticizing the good times um, because that's going to automatically make you relapse. It's going to make you angry, sad, all of these different things. Um, if you finally start reflecting on why you broke up, the things that did not serve you and you also start thinking about ways you want to improve yourself or ways that you want to be better in the next relationship, I think that would help. Uh, you to not necessarily get over that person because that's very tough. But if you just stop romanticizing things, it'll help you get a clearer perspective on who you were with and who you were. Because a lot of us lose ourselves in relationships and we do so much for people that are not going to be in our lives forever. And yeah. so once you start imagining a future without them, you go through those stages of hurt and denial and all of those things. But I think you get closer to where you're supposed to be. Uh, if you don't make everything all flowery and beautiful and good. So that would be my last thing. That's a good one. That's good. Um, we said it multiple times on this episode that every relationship is different. Every breakup is going to be different. Um, I feel like some people feel the need um, to quickly recover from those things and they don't allow themselves to mm -hmm. feel all of the feels, go through all of the stages, all of the phases. Um, the feelings that you are feeling are valid for you. They're real to you and they're important to you. So I feel like time is the greatest healer. And if you guys just allow yourself the time to feel all of the feels and don't rush through those phases, um, you're going to grow from it. And, you know, things are going to start to seem a little bit brighter even if it's like the littlest thing so just give yourself time yeah absolutely <laughs> and y'all I think that brings us to our favorite segment boss bag so you know this is our <laughs> weekly Q&A where we get questions from you suggestions from you and so this week we got a lot <laughs> of venting and so instead <laughs> of us trying to give advice to one person we kind of want to keep it a little more broad we've talked about closure and things that don't help with closure and leave the door open. So for our boss bag this week, we're talking about closure that actually helps you heal. And I'll kick it off because I did this. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. I, I feel like writing a letter or writing an email is one way to have healthy closure. Now, if you're writing this email, that does not mean there's going to be a constant back and forth. This is not a daily email chain, y'all. Mm -hmm. This is a letter that you think out that most of the time you don't even need to send. So this could be something that you write in your notes, you keep in the drafts and you save it for a rainy day when you're actually thinking clearly. And so I've done yeah. this and you know, at the very last moment and I would say a year later, I actually sent it and it was very healing for me. And then they either have the ability to respond to you or not, but either way, the letter should be the end. There should not be a um, anticipation for them to respond back. So that's why I say, give it time after you write the letter. I'm not talking about weeks or months. Give it time, sit on it. Yeah, I've done that too. I wrote a letter to Michael um, mourning his loss, basically, like mm -hmm. as if he had died. Oh my God. <laughs> And I, I think I actually sent it. I never heard back. You know, it had been months. I never heard back, but I needed to say everything. Get it all out on the table. I think that's great by writing a letter. And, you know, it's not going to end up like to all the boys I love before in every scenario. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can hope, but you can't if you hope. really want. Mm -mm. 
that you can hope if you're hoping for, you know, oh, he'll reach back out and then you keep it lingering. Then, you know, it's toxic. OK, let's not do that. But yeah, just type it up and it's done. You're right. I love that. Um, one of the closure that actually helped not me personally, but, um, my fiance Jay was, he deleted my number, uh, during the year that we took a break <laughs> and it hurt oh. me to my core when I found out that he deleted my number. Um, and he told me that basically because we didn't talk for that whole year and, you know, we talked about it in the beginning, me and him were so back and forth on and off all the time, relapsing and getting back together and hooking up and blurring the lines and the emotions were all there. I completely removed myself from that. Didn't reach out to him. Didn't talk to him. Didn't do, I would be, I was coming home. My brother was getting married that year. So he deleted my number. Um, I've had to block a few numbers, but I never have fully deleted someone's number. Um, and that, that for him was his way of healing. And he said that it really helped him during that time. So that may be a really good one. Um, blocking and deleting are very extreme things but I think in this the right scenario if this is something you someone you really imagine yourself being with I could see that being necessary to move on I didn't really mm -hmm. believe in it before I met Jarrell um but I did end up blocking my ex and I think sometimes out of, out of sight out of mind it really does help mm -hmm. you because you're not seeing their day-to-day -day, you're not seeing you know who they're with what they're doing how they're better off without you it kind of is is really a good way. So if you're you're finding yourself in the in-between where you are on their Snapchat, you know their whole night, you know who they're commenting mm. on, you know, to and from, sending little hearts to, get all these different interpretations that you have made up in your mind of what that person is doing, you may need to do what Nikki, Nikki's fiance did and delete their number or block yeah. them. Yeah, delete, yeah, unfollow on social media. Like that is the biggest thing. And unfriend them on Facebook because even if you haven't been on your Facebook in a year, as soon as you break up, guess who's on Facebook? You looking <laughs> at their stuff and it's not worth it. And and also if you do break up and you do end up getting back together, unfriend all the people that you hooked up with when you were with the person because it's only going to bring up drama when that person pops up on your timeline coming from experience. <laughs> That's something to think about as well. <laughs> That's so funny. So guys, that was our new segment called Boss Bag. And we are going to be doing that for all of season two. It's a new segment we are implementing. So please hit us up at Boss Lady Energy Pod on social media, as well as our Gmail. Slide into our DMs. We want to hear from you guys. And we're also going to be posting a lot about what we want to hear from you guys as well. So be on the lookout on our social media. Start your week off with some Boss Lady energy every Monday. And send us your suggestions for future episodes. Slide into those DMs. And follow us on social media at Boss Lady Energy Pod.